When everyone is on the same page, getting things done is easy. Make a bigger impact at work with Grammarly. Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that enables your team to make their point and move faster. You can even save time by going from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds. Join the 96% of Grammarly users that say it helps them craft more impactful writing. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said. Done. It is the L-E-F-K-O-E, man, and you are listening to the sweetest sounds, the sultry tones, the boisterous boys, the Joint Practices Podcast. Get it, fellas? Yo! What is up, everyone? We're doing it a little different tonight. This is the Joint Practices Podcast. I am your host for this evening, Stephen Lamont, and I am joined by Super Sticky Steve Knox. Steve, how's it going, buddy? Hey, uh, pretty excellent after this week. Yeah, that wasn't a bad one at all, huh? I like to see that. I definitely do. Not, not so much a mirror of the uh, of the NFC Championship game. It got a little dicey, but yeah, you uh, Vikings scored that first touchdown. I turned and looked at Sean and said, "We've seen this story before." <laughs> I've seen this movie. <laughs> and uh, when the Vikings got the ball back, I was like, looked at Sean, and I was like, if they throw a pick six right here, I'm just going to pull the old SpongeBob. I, I'm going to head out. All right, I'm going to head out. <laughs> All right, so let's get into the week because the shoe is finally dropped. Jalen Ramsey is out. So for a 2020 and a 2021 first-round pick, Jalen Ramsey heads over to the Rams. I don't, and then they I don't all, like that. Well, they sent Marcus Peters to Baltimore for uh for Kenny Young. So you don't you don't like the two picks or you don't like the swap for Ramsey for Peters? I just think that the Rams overpaid. Um I mean, you send out Marcus Peters, I think what safety was it Josh Johnson that they also let go. You get the Talib injury, and now you give up two first-round picks and a, a fourth-round pick. I don't know if it's the 2020 or the 2021 fourth-rounder, but, yeah, you send three picks for <laughs> Jalen Ramsey, who you're going to have him on the book for one more year. Like, going into next year, between Goff, uh, Gurley, Donald, and Ramsey, you already invested $100 million, and I don't know the exact uh, – salary cap number but that's a lot of money invested for guys uh moving forward i mean ramsey can hold up his end of the bargain as far as you know what he's worth but i don't know just seems like way overpaying for a team that's kind of on the ropes right now and he's super young right yeah he's 24 yeah still on his rookie deal so yeah after that next year i mean he's probably going to be looking for some sort of an extension like he could be one of these guys that holds out, you know, in in camp next year because he wants to get paid. So, I don't know. Yeah. Oh, I found I I read this wild story on uh, Twitter today. I thought I'd bring up with you. So, Miles Garrett said he was he was out, and a fan pulled up in a car and asked him to take a picture, and he said yes. And while he was, you know, stopping to take the picture, the the fan punched him in the face. Oh my god. So obviously you know fan is used loosely here, but Right. Holy shit. That's like the worst part about being a professional athlete or a celebrity. It's like you wanna be nice and then people do shit like this and ruin it for everybody else. It's like, yeah, if I saw, you know, one of my favorite football players out there and I was like, Hey, gotta get a picture and he's like, No, somebody tried to shank me the last time I did this, so my apologies, I'll see you later. I'd be like, yeah, I'd be really mad at that guy, but you you feel bad for him trying to be a nice guy, and this guy's just a dickhead. Yeah, completely over the top. When I when I saw it, it said you know Miles Garrett attacked by fan on Bleacher Report, and I had assumed it was you know him going through the tunnel or you right. know something at the stadium, somebody throwing no, something out of the stands or something. Yeah, yeah, just some schmuck, and he tweeted about it, and he was like. 
next time put your your legs behind it, it might make me flinch. And I was like, Jesus oh. Christ. Still going to throw shade at him anyway. But Tough guy. Speaking of tough news, do you have any uh, tough stats about the Cowboys? Boy, oh boy. I wish Sean was here to read this. But uh, since 1991, NFL teams are 90-1 and when they win time of possession, total yards, turnovers. They also pick up 25 first downs and convert at least 10 or more third down attempts. Now that one loss was the Cowboys' loss to the Jets on Sunday. <laughs> Absolutely hilarious. Uh, Sean and I going into uh, the games on Sunday completely oblivious to everything that happened uh, in the games and like once we knew the the game was wrapped up between the Eagles and Vikings so we went and we started watching that game at like nine o'clock at night having known nothing about what happened <laughs> in the yeah in the I football can't believe world you guys stayed ignorant all day and didn't have anything spoiled it was so hard because I like kept wanting to check my fantasy team and do stuff like that and like mm-hmm. trying to stay off Twitter and I was just like man I can't look at anything right now like um, but yeah, so game's all wrapped up and Sean goes, all right, I'm, I'm just going to list you, you know, some of the teams that lost this week. And I was like, okay. And some of them, I was like, oh, that's, that's interesting. And then he says, 24, 22, the Cowboys lose to the Jets. And I was like, what? <laughs> he totally called it last <laughs> week too. He totally did. He said that yeah. how terrible it would be if, uh, the Cowboys went out and lost to the Jets and man, you just, just feel for that Cowboys team. <laughs> you hate to be that first win for a team that struggled so hard early on. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the that was Sean's positive for the week. It was the Cowboys not only losing, but they're getting to be the fucking the one in ninety <laughs> and one. <laughs> Jesus, oh, man. go Dak, go! Yeah, how right, about so them Cowboys? Do do? I've always wanted to say that. Cowboys, you gotta have the foam fingers on. Yep. You want to, uh, you want to get into some football for the week? Yeah, let's talk about them. All right, because the Lions won. Nope, nope, they didn't. (laughs) Turns out the Packers came back at the end. So, one of my first points of the game was I was super high on Jamal Williams and how he stepped up in this game. He had Aaron Jones and he had a couple mistakes couple of them early and they took him out Jamal Williams came in and dude did his job he's he's the number two but there's some people that talk about the team as if Jones and Williams have the same um, I don't know if workload is the right word but uh, Jones always gets the majority of the carries and I'll admit that that even sometimes that makes me feel like Jamal Williams is a lesser running back, and he proved this week that it's not true. It's not true at all. Yeah, I mean, they've definitely, I mean, both these guys have just shown they have that ability to go out there and just have themselves a day any given week. And you like to see it when it happens, you know, like every other week, so there's not always that pressure on one guy. Um, Who was it? Uh, Devontae Adams goes out on Twitter. And says, <laughs> our running backs are the best one-two punch in the league. And if you don't believe me, then you're on meth. So <laughs> consider me a meth head because I, I I like Cook and Madison just as much as I like these two guys. So, um, but yeah, And it's, it's cool to have like this one-two tandem where if one's struggling, you know you have the second to fall back on. Right, and it's and as not, little as a year ago, I was like, "Why do we have Jamal Williams? We have Aaron Jones. We don't need two. Yeah, and it, I now I see the other good thing about it too is, you know, they do everything well. So when you have one guy back there, it's not like the defense just keys in. All right, you know, this is most likely going to be a run play. This is going to be a pass play, like depending on mm-hmm. who's in there. So it you know keeps the defense on their toes when they're versatile in that in that fashion. So it's a uh, not saying they're a bad tandem. Just, I mean, Devontae might want to reel it in just a little bit. That <laughs> he toe, was a little gassed up. Yeah, that toe might have gotten to his head a little bit. Fucking turf toe, man. Uh, let's talk about the defense. Um, I thought the defense, for the run defense to the pass defense, it's really day and night. Like, 
So let me bring up the stats here. Matt Stafford had 265 yards on 18 completions. And I feel like he just burnt us all night. Kenny Galladay had 121 yards. Um, but what I really liked was what we did with the run game. Carryon Johnson was held to 34 yards on 13 carries. That's an average of 2.6. Hell yeah. I am here for that the front end of this defense. The only thing that scares me is the secondary. Steve, we talked about this last week. Sean wanted to chalk it all up to garbage time, but Green Bay gave up a ton of pass yards. I was afraid they were going to do it again this week. Wasn't as bad, but I still think we have we have worries in that secondary. They seem confused at some points. Yeah, I mean, this was like a a weird matchup too for for you know the Lions offense versus the Packers defense because. The Lions aren't really built to run the ball as much as some of these other teams that have had success running the ball on the Packers. It's like not their main focus. They they love to just, you know, put it in Stafford's hands and, you know, let him kind of guide them to victory. And it seemed like early on he was really dialed in and that's what was going to happen. But, you know, as the game progressed, it's like, I don't know if it's the coaching staff making adjustments on, you know, what they're running for coverages and stuff, but uh, he struggled like mightily down the stretch. Um, so, you know, it was kind of a tale of two halves, really. I think um, even when, you know, the Lions just got up early, and I was like, "What the hell is happening right now?" Because I, I, I mean, yeah, they went up thirteen nothing. Yeah, and again, though, you know, a couple of those field goals. It's like if these guys can kind of get their shit together. You know, you're looking at like a three touchdown lead. That's a much bigger deal. So, Green Bay's defense did uh, kind of dial it in, and you know, figure out a way to stop these guys when they needed to, and keep their team, you know, in it. And if you can keep it within a few scores, you know, you always give Aaron Rodgers a chance, and uh, ended up working out. But yeah, <laughs> Kenny Galladay uh, was. Like, one of those plays in the first quarter where he, like, tripped on the 20-yard line. Should have been a touchdown. Didn't end up uh, didn't end up getting it done. But so Dude, other that than first, that. First play from scrimmage was a bomb to him for 66 yards. And right. I was like, here we go. <laughs> well, he had, here we go. And he had four catches on four targets in the first half. And then he had one catch on, uh, on five targets for the rest of the game. So, it's exactly they, – they figured out a way to – not allow him to uh, continue to burn them because, yeah, he was setting up for a monster game. And the story for this team on defense this whole year has been Zadarius and Preston Smith. Like, Smith and Smith all year, that's what we've heard. Uh, this year, or this week, Preston Smith is the one that shined through. He had a sack and a half. He had two sa- uh, tackles for a loss. Zadarius had a sack and a tackle for a loss as well, but... It seemed like every time there was a big play, they were saying Preston Smith's name. Either he was there on the stop, or he shed a tackle, or he pushed someone where they shouldn't be. And um, same with uh, Chandler Sullivan and Blake Martinez. It's just good to hear a bunch of different names on the defense. Like everybody's getting involved. Jair Alexander played well again. Um, I think I already said Blake Martinez. Dean Lowry. Kevin King had three tackles. This is what I like to see from the defense, like everybody getting involved. I think if we can tighten up the way we're playing against the pass, whether we're playing too soft, whether they're just getting beat or they don't know what they're supposed to be doing, that's something that we really, really need to tighten up, especially moving forward as we get towards the end of the season, towards playoffs. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And they're they're slowly figuring out a way to – bring pressure like consistently um with their pass rush so you know whether they're blitz packages or they're just rushing four guys you know and trying to um trying to mask you know who those four guys are that are coming on every play um but you know if they can get that pressure on the quarterback it's going to take the pressure off of the secondary like immensely because especially against a team like the Lions where they run so many plays where these long developing routes, um, if you can make Stafford, you know, rush, check down, or just have to get the ball out of his hands, 
um, it really helps out, you know, a lot. <laughs> Otherwise, you know, you get in these situations where there's some miscommunication and suddenly you're giving up a friggin' 58-yard bomb to, um, what was the guy's name? Uh, Marvin Hall? Yeah. So, you know, they're they're figuring it out, and I think, uh, you know, it's scary. I, I, I can't remember the last time the Packers had a defense that I was like, I don't, I don't really want to play against these guys. <laughs> like, might have been the Reggie White days. I remember there was that year that they were undefeated, and then they lost to Kansas City, like, late in the season. And I feel like they lost at KC, and then their defense was shit until this year. Like, they have consistently struggled with D. So, yeah, it's like you said, like, when we go into these games, I'm like, I'm not like, we need to score more than them. It's like, can they keep up with us at this point now? Like, yeah, it's, I don't know. It's just weird going into going into a game and feeling like our defense is the uh, the strong side of the ball. Right. I don't hate it. It's just different, especially when we have Aaron Rodgers. It's like, I mean, the Patriots are kind of in the same boat. You know, when you have one of these top-tier quarterbacks, it's like year after year, you're just like, all right, well, we're probably just going to score 30 points this week and win. But, you know, the tides have changed a little bit. Like, these guys are, you know, on the downtrend of their career, last few years remaining for either one of those guys. And now you're getting to a point where the defense can carry them and, you know, they don't have to do as much. Um, they obviously both still have the ability to, you know, do crazy things. And Aaron still made a few throws in this game. And I was just like, that's so stupid. You shouldn't <laughs> be able to do that. He just, like, flicks what? the ball off his back foot, like, falling away 38 yards down the he field. Hit- he hit MVS, and then MVS kind of stops and falls down on his butt. I'm like, how did you put the ball where he got it, <laughs> Right, but yeah. no one else? I don't know. But, that um, touchdown to Lazard was good, too. Speaking of Lazard, yeah. Um, he stepped up in a big way. Um, big. With you know Adams not playing. Uh, MVS was banged up. Geronimo. Geronimo. Yeah, he, he went down. Did he have a concussion? Or was in concussion protocol, something like that? Yeah, they I know he went out, yeah. but he had seven targets, three receptions before he went out. But when he went out, he wasn't even wearing pads, and I was like, "Oh shit!" Yeah, no, but yeah, Lazard came in and uh, basically, you know, sealed that game for him. Yeah. So, so Lazard had four receptions on five targets. His only incompletion was the play right before that touchdown. Like, Rodgers went back to him the same play on the same side, and he brought that one in. And I thought that was that was a huge deal. That was, to me, was Aaron going, we're doing it again. I trust you. Like, you're getting this one. You know what I mean? And it paid off. Right. Huge. He's just, I mean, he's like the king of finding those matchups, too. And especially with Lazard, a guy that we don't tend to see that much, for him just to know that, all right, well, I already know that this guy can beat that guy that's standing across from him. So we're going to try it and incompletion. And he's like, no, 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 it's going to work. <laughs> we're going to get it done. You go right yeah. back to it. Um, and it worked, and it was a great throw. It yeah. was so good. That back shoulder it reminded me of the old Jordy days. Oh, Jesus. So, Steve, you watched the game, right? Let's, sure, let's, talk, about, let's, let's talk about the penalties. On that last drive, Trey Flowers got called for two illegal hands to the face penalties and the NFL has come out and said the first one yes was a penalty the second one was not both of them extended that final drive and helped Green Bay march down and kick that field goal do you think either of them were penalties I didn't think either were more penalties one of them was a hands to the neck I don't know I'm not I'm not positive if you know you do that if they consider it hands to the face or not but uh, he had his hand up, you know, <laughs> underneath the the lineman's chin. I mean, tough to find on those big guys, but yeah, that's a that was questionable for sure. And <laughs> even then, in that drive, if you go back and you watch some of those replays, Trey Flowers, uh, the play in between the two penalties that he gets, that same offensive lineman has both of his hands on his face mask. So, so they. <laughs> They call it twice on Flowers. Bakhtiari gets him, you know, same thing. 
hands like really hands to the face, and there was no call. I was also uh, disappointed that, that uh, the the review that they had down on the goal line for the touchdown for the Packers. Mm-hmm. Where, I mean, you can see in the slow motion replay, you know, the knee down, the ball at the one yard line, and they still call it a touchdown, uh, <laughs> even after, you know, they every scoring play is reviewed. But yep, I don't know. Th- just the the refs just continue to be the storyline like every single week. It's just I don't I don't know why they can't figure this out. If it's the turnover and you know some of these veteran guys that we've seen year after year that they're not there anymore. So these like newbies just you know are, are shitting their pants trying to make these calls. But it's it's been ugly. Yeah, and. It's it's embarrassing seeing shit like on Green Bay Twitter and stuff like people people are trying to justify the calls with like you know fraction of a second screen grab where it's blurred and it looks like his hand might be and I'm like listen it just doesn't look like on on those plays there was an article on NFL.com today and it was about it was about those calls and Bakhtiari went up to the official and said are we not calling hands to the face anymore? Because he's punching me in the throat and my I'm looking towards the sky on every play. And he said after he had complained about it, those two call those two calls came in. Yeah. I don't think you should have to remind the officials to throw a flag. Also, I don't think the fi- the officials should be throwing flags to make up for flags they think they missed. Oh, yeah. Okay. That happens more often than I don't not. like I don't like the makeup calls. But like the same, I mean, you you get linemen, quarterbacks, whatever, will talk to the you know the the referee and be like, you know, hey, like this is going on, like how come we're not calling it? And then you get the call, but you can relate that the same as you know <laughs> how many times you see a receiver go down the field and doesn't catch the ball, and he just throws his hands up throws in the air, like hands. you know, yeah. and a flag comes in, and you're you see the replay, and you're like, oh, that was a whole lot of nothing. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, even in the the Vikings game, I have a you know a little thing in there about the refs too, and it's just it's stupid that you just continue to have to talk about it. Well, let me just wrap up by saying I am not going to feel bad that the Packers won. Yeah, you know what those penalties those penalties helped us win, but we got fucked in Seattle. We got fucked every time Clay blinked at a quarterback last year. I don't give a shit. We won. <laughs> we're five and one. Fuck the Lions. We're going on to Oakland. So let's talk Eagles and Vikings a little more in depth now that we're here. Kirk Cousins does it again. I gave him five incompletions. He had seven this week, Steve. Yeah, that wasn't wasn't uh, too bad of a game. You know, 22-29, 333 yards, four touchdowns. Had that one pick where he threw that fastball right between Stephon Diggs' hands and it hit He's him in the have shield. one per game. Yeah, well, I I told Sean, too, I was like, man, if Diggs doesn't wear one of those, like, visor shields, that thing probably gets stuck in his face mask and it's a catch, <laughs> so. He just keeps running. He he threw that real hard out there, but, um, yeah, they, you know, they came out with these, you know, big plays, you know, beating, burning uh, the uh, the Eagles secondary on some of these plays, and just I mean, they they look lost a lot, and even after you know, Stephon Diggs who had himself a day, seven receptions for 167 yards and three touchdowns, he's the first Vikings wide receiver to have three touchdowns in a game since 2005. So that tells you how terrible their uh, their passing offense has been, uh, you know, over the last 15 years. He almost had four touchdowns, but Cousins sailed one of them. Yeah, he did. Um, it was like that. It, I mean, that's exactly like that Thielen throw. Like, he literally steps up in the pocket, and there's a guy pressuring him uh, from behind. And so he's just thinking, oh, I'm going to get hit, so I need to get as much on this as I can. And, mm-hmm. you know. Just beat him by like three <laughs> yards so um but yeah this is i mean after Diggs catches that second bomb sean was literally like why don't they just run that play every single time <laughs> and he's like it's gonna work 
you know. And so much easier than putting. Yeah, they. Yeah, the Eagles secondary is hurting, and now when Ramsey's off the table, I don't know where you go from here as far as trying to make a move to pick somebody up. Um, you know, there's not really a guy's name that comes to mind. Maybe Patrick Peterson might be somebody that you could pursue. Arizona struggling, maybe you can, you know, give him some pick package, you know, pull him away from that team. But I don't really, I can't, you know, a name doesn't come to mind that I'm like, that would definitely help their woes uh, as far as the secondary is concerned. Because other than that, like, the defense looked looked pretty good. Um, I, I will say, you know, the Vikings put up 100 rushing yards on this Eagles defense. It's the first time this season. So, you know, first five games, they, they were stout, you know, only giving up, what, 63 yards or something like that a game. Um, Alexander Madison had 63 yards, thanks in large part to, like, a 25-yard run that he had, uh, or a 35-yard run that he had. They were late in that game, kind of icing it. But, you know, as comfortable as the the points looked, you know, the scoreboard looks, like it got close at one point. I think it was like 24 to 20, which was the exact line that Vegas had. Um, so I, I was kind of getting nervous because I was like, well, here we go. We came out hot, and now we're kind of like playing not to lose, and we're letting mm-hmm. them back in the game. And, you know... Uh, Carson had 306 yards in this game. And uh, I'll use Sean's favorite term. Most of that time, you know, those passing yards came in garbage, garbage time. time. So, um, you know, stats look a little better. Miles Sanders had a good day as a receiver. See, three receptions for 86. The and same, a touchdown. Yeah. The same thing that uh, Sean's talking about. Oh, why don't they just run that play every single time? You should have done that with Miles Sanders, like running that <laughs> wheel route where they get him matched up on a linebacker. Like Eric Kendricks and Anthony Barr are excellent linebackers. They can't cover running backs, and especially a guy as fast as Miles Sanders. So, yeah, those those huge plays, and one of them was a touchdown uh, to Miles Sanders. was really what helped get this uh, offense going again. But, you know, other than that, they – they don't really do a whole lot. Um, Carson Wentz is really hard to take down. <laughs> I will say that, like, watching uh, watching the game, you know, used to seeing the Vikings bring a lot of pressure, and when they get to the quarterback, he goes down. Carson, no, he, he's a different beast. Like, he's, you know, he's tall, he's lanky, he's really tough to uh, take down because there are a few times he should have been sacked, and... He turned a loss into a, into something positive and getting out of the pocket for a couple of scrambles. Um, had like a 16-yard yeah, and a 7-yard scramble, one of which he just like looked like he was trying to draw a penalty. He like <laughs> slides like super late. Good on the Vikings for not, you know, getting in there and trying to clobber him. You see like three guys just like pull up <laughs> as soon as they saw him running at him in the middle of the what field. Was, what I think it was this game. Was it this game where um, Cousins rolls out and he runs for the first down and he puts his head down and just gets, like, knocked back? Oh, my God, yes. (laughs) What a fucking shot he took. He doesn't slide. I don't get it. Like, yeah. He just, like, smacks into him, and it's just such a brutal hit. He, like, stumbles back (laughs) and tries to keep going. I'm like, fall (laughs) over. Literally, like, they ran into each other, and it was, like, an old school video game where both guys get stunned and they don't know, you know, you can't do anything. You have no control anymore. Like they're in an animation for 10 seconds. <laughs> yeah. It was just like, why? Like, why do you take that hit? I don't know. He says he plays better you? when he's pissed oh off. God. So maybe, maybe that's what he needed just to get him in the, get him in the mood. My last thing for this was actually like, was about the Eagles. Like, I feel like when they, when they're starting to lose, they play pissed off, and then they play different. And then, I don't know, it just seems like little minor mistakes start to snowball. Maybe that's just I, that's just Sean rubbing off on me, because Sean gets <laughs> real pissed when they don't play well, but I just get that that feeling from Philly, where they're a different team. Yeah, I mean, <sighs> they. I, I think they're just stuck in that point where, 
you know, Sean harps on the the Deshaun injury and the fact that they don't have that speed um, at wide receiver to to really keep the defense honest as far as, well, we don't want to let them beat us over the top because the only time they were able to do that was a running back, you know. Uh, they continue to try and get the ball in Alshon Jeffrey's hands, but, you know, they're doing these bubble screens and um, smoke screens and stuff like you're throwing it way out past the numbers to this guy. It's you know if a, if the defensive back is playing three yards off him, by the time the ball gets out there, the defensive back is on him. So unless he can make that guy miss or you know drive through the tackle or something, like those are just lost plays. You know, ten receptions and I think five of them are within a yard of the line. Like that's I mean, <laughs> you know they're gonna do what they're gonna do I guess, but. That's, you know, usually you see Alshon on 10 catches. It's like 150 yards. Here it's 76. Yeah. Like, your, your, his long reception was 26 yards. So, I'm, yeah, I was I was disappointed to see that's where they were going to go with that. It, at least use, like, Aguilar or something. They tried him on a couple of those, you know, those little smoke screens, quick slant type things, which seemed to me to be, uh, to make way more sense. Um. Going back to the Carson Wentz thing I was talking about, though, um, Daniil Hunter in this game did have a sack of uh, Carson Wentz. It was his sixth sack of the season, his 46th of his career, and he now has more sacks than any other player before turning 25, which he doesn't turn 25 in a little less than three weeks. So he's still got two more games to add on to this, um, and this is since 1982 or whatever whenever uh, sacks became an official stat. But it's a pretty big deal for, you know, he he's a quiet star. Not a lot of n- guys know who this guy is. But uh, he's doing work out there. And, uh, man, I'm glad well, he's on our team. One of the common themes of this podcast is, like, I love football, but I don't know a ton about it. How Like, I didn't know Aaron Donald and Khalil Mack until, like, a year and a half ago when we started this podcast, they don't have more sacks than him before 25? Nope. That's impressive in and of itself because you can't really, you don't really hear about a defensive player in the league without at least hearing about one of those two. Right, yeah, exactly. And So I mean, that's one that you guys are going to lock down for him and Barr on the same team. It's, a, it's already a defense that we don't look forward to playing against. Right. And, I mean, even with Everson Griffin uh, – on the other side, had an interception. <laughs> Hilarious too. Um, so <laughs> once again, we open up social media. Um, once we know this game's in the bag, and the tweet of the night goes to, and I don't remember the guy's handle. I'm I apologize for that, but uh, it said so. In fantasy, I have Jake Elliott, and I open up my fantasy team, and this motherfucker has an interception. <laughs> <laughs> Funniest thing that I'd ever yeah. read. Oh my god! I had a. Uh, I started Jalen Samuels the other day at in my flex or like two weeks ago, and he threw an interception. I was like, all right, you're off the team, pal. Get the fuck <laughs> yeah. out of here. It's like the best part about fantasy it. is when you just get these like weird stats that pop up for your players, which speaking of that, uh, how about that Stefan Diggs play where they did that double reverse? Did you see that? So they Where he looked like he was going to throw it like yeah. three times? <laughs> yeah, so they like handed off to – to Thielen, uh, you know, him coming in motion. And then Diggs kind of flexes back and takes the pitch. And this is a lost play. Like, should have been 12-yard loss. And Diggs sets up like he's going to throw the ball. I have no idea if that was a design throw or not. If there was supposed to be some sort of, you know, they thought this double motion was going to pull guys in. You know, somebody's sure. going to get lost behind him. But he pulls up like he's going to throw the ball. He pump fakes. The guy bites on it, so he gets out of it, gets close to the line of scrimmage. Again, just he's just holding the ball up in the air, like not even looking like he's going to throw it. If it. He's, yeah, and if he's going to throw it, it's going to be terrible. And he just like <laughs> jumps up in the air and does like this weird stutter step move, you know, and ends up picking up like four yards on the play. I couldn't believe that. I was like, man, you, <laughs> you get real ballsy, you know, calling these trick plays uh, against sort of the king of trick plays and Doug Peterson. And then from it, from it to go to total disaster to just a ridiculous play like that, you know, backyard football, 
Uh, it was oh my god, hilarious for me, very frustrating for Sean. <laughs> it's like in Madden, if you pull back on the stick, it does like a little hesitation. He yep. pulled back on the stick three times in like five yards. Yeah, and I then mean, like when he does break the line of scrimmage, it's almost like a leap. Like he kind of like prances yeah. to get past a couple people, and I'm like, what the fuck? That shouldn't have been anything. Yeah, it's just one of those plays. that's like when it happens for your team, you're like, all right, well, that was scary, but I'm glad you know made some you know made a positive play. And then when it happens against your your defense, you're just like, how the fuck can't anybody get this guy? Like <laughs> somebody mm-hmm. tackle him. Um, you know, we talked about the refs uh, in the last game. I had many times in this game where, especially on Trey Waynes, you know, the the play happened, and I'm like, incompletion, I'm like, okay, good. But then I'm looking at the play, and I'm like, eh, there's going to be a flag. And there's no flag. And then it happens again, and there's no flag. And then the Vikings have the ball. Same thing happens, you know, similar style play. Uh, now there's a flag on the Eagles defensive backs. It's like they were hilariously inconsistent in this game. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's it's frustrating to watch because you're like, for me to be like, ah, that's a flag before the play's even over. And then there's nothing, you know, when I'm calling out my own defensive back, you know, it, it feels bad seeing that same play, you know, then help us keep a drive alive, whatever it was. Like, I mean, it's 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 so sad that, you know, they can't at least have some sort of consistency, uh, especially with the pass interference calls. I, I just don't I don't know what is and what isn't pass interference, and it's frustrating to watch as a fan. Yeah, and since they started it, it's a slippery slope. Like it, during the Monday night game with the Trey Flowers penalties, I think it was uh, Sean said his name last week. I can't can't think of it. It's Mike something, Tarasoto or something like oh, that. Tessator. Yeah, that's the one. He w- he said something like, "Should these penalties be reviewable?" And I was like, "No, no, 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 no. Let's not let's not start reviewing every single penalty. We're gonna have nine hour games. Yeah, let's just do the sh- let's just play the game, get the calls right. That's literally your job, and then well, we'll go from there. You know, and, and if they did decide that anything, you know, every play is reviewable, well, that's fine. Doesn't mean you need to increase the amount of times a team can challenge a play. So you know, right. at that point, it then becomes a you know, booth review or whatever inside two minutes, or if you want to review plays, you know, scoring plays and whatever. Um, but then again, it, they're going to continue to do what they've done so far this year. Like, have you seen anybody score a touchdown and the refs come out and say, oh, we're overturning it. There was offensive pass interference on that play. Like, they're just, they're looking at it as, as okay, did this affect the outcome of the play? No, it didn't. All right, play stands. So that's mm-hmm. that's basically where they've been. So I don't think that them moving to uh, will review whatever you want to challenge is a bad thing because, again, if you win the first two, you get a third one, same as it is now. Like, you know, you can challenge what you can challenge now. It, it's not going to take any more time uh, away from the game. All right, well, oh, we don't have one Sean more. on the show. Oh, one no, more. go ahead, go ahead. I got I got to give a shout out to my man uh, Zach Brown. He comes out before the game this week. It says uh, Kirk Cousins is the weak link of the uh, <laughs> Minnesota offense. Um, just check the stat line one more time. Yep, twenty two for twenty nine, three thirty three, and four touchdowns. Zach Brown. Look at that one tackle. What team oh, does wait. Zach Brown play for? Oh, he doesn't play for a team anymore because the Eagles. Oh, okay. Let him go. Uh, <laughs> After that bulletin well, board material, <laughs> yeah. So, shout out to him for, uh, you know, former teammate of, old Kirk Coupons, as uh, Sean likes to call him. <laughs> Calls him out, <laughs> says he's a bad quarterback, weak link on that offense, and then, well, he didn't do a whole lot to help his team out. So, so now he's uh probably working at Denny's. It's like uh. That that guy that just signed and scored that fumble return touchdown that Sean said sucked. <laughs> oh yeah, Skandrick. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Orlando Skandrick. Mm. All right, we got one more segment, Steve. You want to get to it? What is it? We got studs and duds. Oh, 
yes you do. All right, it's just the two of us tonight, Steve. Why don't you go first? Who do you got for your first stud? Uh, I have that Lambo officiating crew bringing home the W. Um, I don't know if you saw the uh, the uh, Photoshop picture of the ref doing the Lambo leap instead of Mason Crosby, <laughs> but <laughs> pretty hilarious. No, I love it. I, I like that. That's nice. I had uh, I had Lamar Jackson. Just an unbelievable performance. 236 in the air. 152 on the ground and a touchdown. He's doing it all himself. He's the star yep. running back and quarterback. I think this is what we thought we'd see more of. Uh, you know, after like a, week one. Yeah, uh, you know, around 200 yards, and then he just you know gets it done with his wheels. And I, th- I think the way they started really threw off some of these defenses. And now, um, I mean, the Bengals aren't much to to sniff at, but. They kind of get. I think some teams are going to get caught, you know, thinking, "All right, he's standing in the pocket," and then they're going to forget about him, and he's gone. Yeah, because if you turn your back to him, he's got twenty yards before you notice. Oh yeah, he's a fast guy. And uh, my other stud was just the Texans team uh, going into Arrowhead, picking up a victory over uh, the Kansas City Chiefs, handing them their second straight loss. Both these teams are now 4-2, and two, and the Texans now have the tiebreaker on the Chiefs. Just saying, if they were like a 1-2 combo, I mean, the Patriots would still have to lose two games, but yeah, hell of a game. Uh, Watson struggled at times, but they held Mahomes in check. I think Watson even had a, a touchdown through the air, one on the ground, a couple of interceptions. Carlos Hyde who I thought was a dumb signing for them. 116 yards and a touchdown. It seems like the recipe continues to be if you can run the ball and play man defense against the Kansas City Chiefs, you can beat them. You can hang with them. That was Carlos Hyde's first 100-yard game since week two, 2017. Tough. That's <laughs> real tough. That's <laughs> a long stretch. My second dud was Green stud. Bay's own... Did I say stud? No, this is what happens. You become the host and you, you say dud. Did I say dud? You did. No, fuck. <laughs> that so means we've I all done it in the last three that. weeks. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I'm editing the podcast this week. I'm just going to do a huge beep right there. I will pretend I said something inappropriate. But I had <laughs> Jamal Williams, 14 carries, 104 yards. Save the day for the uh, the Packers run game. Aaron Jones is allowed to struggle every now and then as long as Jamal picks it up like that. Yep, had that nice receiving touchdown too. Yep. All right, we'll move on to the duds. Um, For real this time. I got a couple of quarterbacks this week. The first one, Mr. Jared Goff of the uh, L.A. Rams there. It was 13 for 24 for 78 yards. Now, this San Francisco defense looks pretty darn good, but we're sitting there last year talking about how Goff could be one of the elite quarterbacks. You know, they got this great young head coach who is very offensive-minded and a genius, and they can do all this stuff, and now it's like, all right, Jared Goff's not that good. Maybe uh, everybody's caught up with what McVay's trying to do. They're overpaying Todd Gurley, like... <laughs> The narrative's completely changed with this team. But to go out and put a stinker up, 78 yards, you s- you, the team scored one touchdown. Like That's uh, that's not good. <laughs> not good moving forward. And you just lost to a division rival. Like I don't know that the Rams can catch the 49ers and the Seahawks at this point. Yeah, I played Mandy this week in, or last week in fantasy, and she started Goff. Goff got her 2.12 points. And she still beat me. Uh, I mean, so he plays, you know, he plays that game and has two points. Like Mitch Trubisky got hurt on like the sixth play of the game against the Vikings when I had him in the lineup and he almost got me two points. So (laughs) not an ideal start for a team that almost went to the Super Bowl. They did go to the Super Bowl. I mean, almost won the Super Bowl. Sorry. Could have won the Super Bowl. Yes. Uh, 
number one for me was Jameis Winston. Uh, just a just a shit game. Five interceptions, <laughs> two fumbles in that loss. Um, you can't let that happen, right? Like, no. I heard that Bruce Aarons was going to come in and he was going to shape Jameis Winston and because he knew how to do it. And then Jameis throws five interceptions and fumbles the ball twice. It, it, like, it's he's like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Like, one week he looks like he could be that quarterback that people thought he was coming out of college. And the next week he's just completely boneheaded. Like, <laughs> so we're watching this Vikings and Eagles game. You know, when the the stats are rolling across the bottom on the ticker, and Sean just pauses the the TV. You know, we're like uh, three four minutes into the game. Of course, they played in London, so they had the super early yeah. game. And uh, he goes, "Let me just read you this stat line real quick: thirty for fifty four for four hundred yards on the nose, a touchdown, and five interceptions." <laughs> I was just like, "Wow." You, and uh, the two fumbles. Yeah, never mind the two fumbles too. But uh Carolina rolling with uh with Kyle Allen in there. It's uh pretty crazy. Yeah, that's working out a lot better than they expected, huh? Without a doubt. They're thinking they're gonna have an early pick. Now they're like, Hey, we might contend for a playoff spot. Yeah, that's my work. You know who's not gonna contend for a playoff spot? That I was really high on them, uh coming into this year. The Tennessee Titans. And uh, mm. my dud this week, Marcus Mariota, 7 for 18 for 63 yards, two interceptions. Oh, and he got benched for Ryan Tannehill. What the hell are they doing in Tennessee? Also, you just gave uh, Denver their second win of the season. Like, you're playing a team with one win. You should be better than them. It's not, not as if... Flacco went out there and lit up the scoreboard either. The, the, the struggles just continue to amaze me. Yeah. Speaking of struggles, dud number two for me was Phillip Rivers. He oh, had look. 322 yards. What? Another AFC team that I was high on coming into this year that just not panning out for him. He had two touchdowns, but he had he also had two interceptions and a fumble. Lost the game. To the Steelers, who played Devlin Hodges. <laughs> First time I've ever read that name out loud. <laughs> they, I don't know what they were doing. It, they didn't score any points until the fourth quarter. You're already down 24 to nothing going into the fourth quarter. Like they, I mean, they almost mounted a comeback, got it within a touchdown, but Jesus, like talk about too little too late. Yeah. Against a, I mean, even then, you know, it's not like when you when you think of the Steelers again. We know all the guys that left, and now you know Rogers is hurt. Um, what's his face got fucking clunked in the dome, and they took his face mask off. I don't. I think that Rudolph. helmet still stuck to his head. They just leave it there permanently. It is. Now. They can't get it off. Yeah, but even then, uh, you know, Benny Snell is your leading rusher for. Pittsburgh Steelers this week. Like, who? <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, what? Yeah. Like, Snell is the leading rusher, <laughs> and James Conner is your leading receiver. Never thought I'd, you know, see that happening in a game where it's they, not supposed they to pretty happen much. That way. I mean, they dominated up until the fourth quarter where they just kind of, like, laid off, and they were like, all right, there's no way they can score 24 points in 15 minutes. They tried like hell. Sure did. This oh, really and, bad teams. Um, spe- <laughs> speaking of the Titans, we talked last week about um, seven on sevens. Yeah. I got stopped by by Dave Breton at work. He wants to come on and talk about the Titans. So what I'm going to do is, I said last week I'm going to do it. This week I'm actually going to do it. I'm going to set up the seven on seven questionnaire. We might mm-hmm. leave it in the bio of our um, of our joint practices Twitter account. And then people can fill it in that way. So, um, sounds like we have a couple guests lined up for seven on sevens, which will be pretty dope. Yeah, and to uh, parlay into our two two last duds there, uh, the Chargers and Titans play each other in week seven. So, somebody's oh, got to make zero, a move. Zero tie. 
Yeah, could get ugly. Could get ugly there in old Nashville. All right, Steve, you got anything else before we wrap up? No, I think I'm good. All right. Well, if you want to be on the show, you can check us out on our Twitter. The uh, The podcast Twitter is at Joint Practices. Missing from us tonight, my big brother, Sean, at 11thegoat. That's 11 spelled out. I am at Stephen JPP, and Steve is at the Knox Says. So if you enjoyed the podcast, give it a rating, review it, subscribe to it, send it to your friends. We're on all the major platforms, the Apple Podcast, the Google Play, the SoundClouds. Hit us up on, <laughs> on anyone you want. Yeah, uh, why don't you go ahead this week, if you're listening and playing on the Twitter bird, use the uh, the hashtag AFC Stinks. Uh, there are some <laughs> really bad teams in the AFC right now. And uh, honestly, it's like a four-team race, and that's sad because, you know, they have 16 teams. So, you know, three-quarters of the, the, the uh, conference are just not good. They're all jobbers, and there's only four main event superstars. Yeah, and, you know, when you look at the NFC, uh, you got Green Bay. Obviously, they're 5-1 and one now. But I, th- I still think that there's a handful of teams that are still hanging 500 and above that, you know, are looked at as teams that could still win this uh, this conference. So, while you have a big front runner, and you also have the, the 49ers, which... We'll see. You know, you got to give us something to believe in here moving forward. Beat a really good team first. But, yeah, I, st- I think the NFC is just way more overpowered than uh, than the AFC right now. So use the hashtag yeah, the AFC, AFC has stinks. far more bad teams. Yeah, without a doubt. Uh, but use that hashtag. Let us know you're listening. Let us know what you thought. Uh, we're thick-skinned. We can handle criticism. So if you think we stink, too. Let us know. We'd like to hear from anyone about anything football related. All right. Thank you guys so much for listening. Come back later next, this week, actually. We'll have our week seven preview. We got the Packers at the, or at the, the Raiders at the Packers, Eagles at Cowboys, and the Vikings at the Lions. That's it for episode 55. Sean, enjoy your vacation, buddy. I love you. Yeah, say hi to Mickey Mouse for me, bub. Don't grab his balls. We out. Go Pack Go. Fly, Eagles, fly. Wait a minute. That's not my line. Skull Vikings. Sounds like you hashtag get baked. The grammar's off, but you know what I mean.